0: You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. New week of the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Happy Monday to everyone out there. If you are listening on Monday, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com. Use our promo code LOCKED15, all one word, LOCKED15. It gets you 15% off. Your next order. Tim Leonard and Tyler Aki here with you. Got plenty of things to discuss on this Monday. Hope everyone had a good Mother's Day, I guess, yesterday on Sunday. Again, if you are listening on Monday. We always have to say that, Ty, because who knows when people are listening? That's the
1: beauty of podcasts. You can listen maybe two weeks from now. We live for On Demand, yeah. Some of the stuff we put out is evergreen. Not everything needs to be done in the now, but I see sometimes we get downloads from stuff that we did in, like, February, and and the people still want to listen to it, so... Right. Well, we, I would we say thank this you topic. We for the extra downloads.
0: We do. Yeah, please go back and listen to, to February. We, we would appreciate it. But I would say this topic, the Arthur Kaluma. we're going to talk about lacrosse in a little bit too, and that's also not entirely evergreen because we'll be kind of discussing where Syracuse men's and women's lacrosse are going to be in the tournament and get into that. Plus, there was some pretty big news on Friday in regards to the lacrosse team with Chase, Canlin, Chase Scanlon getting arrested, and that happened right before their win over Robert Moore. So we will discuss lacrosse on the back half of the show. But starting off the show, there was a great article from Mike McAllister on Arthur Kaluma, and he spoke to his AAU coach and just gauged interest on where this recruiting sits right now for Arthur Kaluma, a guy we've discussed a lot on this podcast dating back to pre-UNLV days. And for those that aren't totally up to speed, he committed to UNLV. He actually signed with UNLV. They make a coaching change. He gets a release from that commitment, and now he's back on the open market, a top 50 forward. And Syracuse, it seems like, has been going after him pretty hard, which is exciting. But what was your takeaways, Ty, to kind of reading this article from Mike McAllister, where he sort of breaks down that it's a four-horse race, and Syracuse is one of the four teams?
1: Well, I took away a couple things. Notably what you said, that it feels like a four-horse race with Creighton, Syracuse, Arizona and Washington, and a splash of Western Kentucky in there as well, but another thing that I took away was what he gained from Syracuse and Arizona's Zoom calls. He said he talked with Jim Beheim, and this is all coming through his AAU coach, but he said he talked with Beheim, and he thought that they were doing a really good job of just cutting him straight, telling him how it's going to be if he does end up coming to Syracuse, and the fact that Listen, it might be a little crunched for minutes, but if you come in and you work your tail off, we're not going to hold you back because uh, it, like, the best man is going to win the job. And I think that's important. And then also, he said with Arizona, the big pitch was stay in Arizona, which to me is something I don't think is as important to kids in this day and age of college sports. Like, It's a cool story. You might get a couple extra press clippings about you. But all in all, I don't think kids care as much about that in this day and age. Um, And also that the decision's coming soon. It it sounds like it could happen this week.
0: Right. So my initial reaction when I read the article, and the AAU coach does a great job of sort of breaking down what happened in this Zoom call, which was last Thursday. He says basically the entire staff, it sounds like, was on this call Griff was running point. Bayheim, the AU coach says, was great in the call. GMAC was there as well. Red's on the call. Everyone's there. And it says one thing that, one, they're bringing on the whole staff to kind of recruit this guy. That feels a little bit abnormal. They clearly definitely very much want him and have been on him for a while. But I think it's interesting that Syracuse just shot straight with him and said, yeah, there, there could be some playing time battles here, and you're going to have to earn your minutes. And my initial reaction to that, where the AAU coach brings up, I'll read the quote. He said, basically, they talked a lot about his versatility and his length in the zone. They did talk about how they have a lot of forwards, though, which could be the only hiccup I see. When I read that, I was like, dang, that's a bummer. He's probably not coming, because we've talked about before. It maybe isn't the best situation for him, and the fact that he went to UNLV originally – made me think that he's looking for a type of school where he can be the guy and Syracuse probably isn't the guy type of school for him right now. But then I stopped and I thought about it some more, and the other three schools that Syracuse is quote-unquote in this four-horse race with, I don't feel like they have a ton to offer him. I mean, they have more playing time maybe, but I don't think they're going up against Kentucky or Duke here, so I feel like they definitely do
1: have a shot. One of the other components to it as well is... I think this Syracuse call, I would imagine a lot of it was, hey, you could come in and you might be the best defender that we have at the forward position. And if that's the case, there are minutes to be had for you. So if you go out there, you prove yourself on the offensive end, and on top of that, you give us hard minutes on defense as well, there is going to be playing time for you. And if that's the case, then I feel like there is some sort of selling point there that, hey, even though there's a lot of bodies there, you can still get 30 to 32 minutes a game if you're playing hard defensively for us, too. And it's no secret when you're a top 50 kid, you want to play in the
0: NBA. That's your ultimate goal. When you look at the other schools here. You got Arizona creating Washington, and shout out to Mike Hopkins and Washington, because here Syracuse is in another battle with them, and I think Washington has a decent chance here. Although, Washington compared to Syracuse in terms of the quality of team, quality of program, quality of our chances of making it to the NCAA tournament, it's a no-brainer really that Syracuse is probably in the best shape of these four programs. Arizona typically is very good. But they've got a whole new coaching staff. It's a new regime, which I think will ultimately be good for Arizona. I like the hire, but it's going to take time. And they're sort of mirrored in this FBI situation right now, which has held them back recently. They had a postseason ban just last year. Creighton also has had kind of some drama in their coaching staff with McDermott recently. And I think they're a, a good program that's on the rise, but they're not to the level of Syracuse. So, from a prestige standpoint of the program, Syracuse is clearly head and shoulders. It's just this kid went to UNLV the first time, and I don't think maybe that's a huge deal to him based on that, which I'm just making assumptions here. I don't know anything, but I do think they have a shot from a prestige standpoint. It's just concerning that these other schools probably provide more playing time.
1: No doubt, and again, all these top 50 kids, you brought it up a little bit there, but all these top 50 kids think that they can be one and done. And again, there's only 60 spots and not just that, but there's 50 kids that think they can be one and done on top of the, all the sophomores and juniors and seniors that are in college basketball as well. So it's going to be who can get this kid to the NBA. And honestly, that's why Arizona is a little bit intriguing because of the fact that Tommy Lloyd in recent years at Gonzaga, again, he wasn't the head coach, but he was a big part of what that program did if he can play that card, play the NBA card with, look at how many guys we've put in the league in the last couple years. When I was at Gonzaga, and we're going to continue that tradition here at Arizona, and who knows, you could be my first big guy that I put into the NBA as well. You could be that guy. And it feels like Colum was not afraid to be that quote-unquote first because he went off to UNLV and tried to revamp that as a part of a retooling with the Rebels. So I would not count that out, and I think that from an NBA perspective, Arizona is probably the the best sell, but it's going to come down to, do they have the minutes to offer? Do they have everything else that he's looking for in a school as well? Okay,
0: quick break to remind you guys about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action right now. Just go to your laptop or on your mobile device and type in betonline.ag into your website browser. You got the baseball season in full swing right now, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs around the corner, plenty of stuff to bet on. UFC, MMA, that's also fun on the weekends right now. If you're into that, there's tons of prop bets, tons of different ideas, tons of creative bets over at BetOnline. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and head over to their website. And when you sign up for your free account today, don't forget we've got a promo code for you. Locked On is the promo code. It's all one word and it gets you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that promo code is Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at BetOnline.ag. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's fascinating. This might not make a whole lot of sense when I say it, but I feel like Syracuse is the worst option for him from a one-and-done perspective. Because there's a chance that he only plays 15, 20 minutes, kind of the kadari type role of being the bench guy that has a lot of talent, but... Beheim's not ready to give him the full range just given his history and how deep he goes into his rotation and the fact that there are three forwards that all have experience, maybe not experience in the zone, but still three solid forward options already on the roster. But they might be the worst one-and-done option. They also might be the best two-and-done option, even though that's not really a phrase. Like The chances of him going to Syracuse... And being successful in the NBA are just as good long-term as these other schools. I think there's a real case to be made that he should go to Cuse. He might not play a ton his freshman year, but he could work his way into minutes. And if if he's good enough, he will get the minutes. I'd say I don't think Beheim will hold him back too much. And then second year, those forwards might be gone. Honestly, Jimmy's definitely gone. And really, the whole lineup is going to open up a little bit. Who knows what Benny's future is like and how impactful he is as a freshman, his chances of going one and done. But you'd think he'd have a case to be a starter by a sophomore year, and then he could bolt to the NBA right after a sophomore year if he is good enough to make it to the NBA.
1: Right. The old two and through that, that I think is the the phrase that we should roll with here. But I'm (laughs) I'm with you. I think that from that standpoint, again, all these top 50 kids want to be one and done all right? It's just the way that college athletics is right now. But when you look at what Syracuse has done in the track record of, okay, maybe you don't thrive in that first year, but if you trust the process and see it through, then that second year you can really pop. The only problem with that is now in this new era with the transfer portal, that can sometimes be a tough sell. But if you're Kaluma, you might see it as, okay, maybe I don't see this maybe I don't get the right opportunity freshman year but I have a chance to at least and if it's not for him he realizes okay I can go try out Syracuse if I don't like the experience right away then I can go transfer back to the Arizona or Washington or or Creighton any of the other schools or I could open it up to a bunch of other schools as well so He could essentially go through a recruiting process for the third time with with him. And I wonder if that's something that, hey, you know what, I'll go play for the prestige, I'll go play for the Hall of Fame coach in the ACC, all that stuff, and he'll ride with that. And and I think that wouldn't be the worst option in the world. And hey, if you do get a lot of minutes and win some positional battles and stuff like that, then it works out for you.
0: Yeah, and in the world we live in right now, there's a chance that he picks Arizona. I'd say they might be the front runner here. We don't know anything, but they're close to home. It feels like Arizona is the best of the other three schools besides Syracuse from a, a sort of pitch standpoint. And he could pick Arizona, go to Arizona not like it, and then be on the open market next year and transfer to Cuse. I mean, yeah, that's the, the state Cole of college Sliders. basketball. I
1: mean, GMAC might be the first person to to call him. or, or um, Right. It seems like Alan Griffin's running the point with uh, everything that Colum is doing. So is Alan Griffin going to be the first person on the phone with with Columa if he does go somewhere and then it's say it doesn't work out and he needs to transfer for some reason?
0: That's why when I think a lot of people's reactions to, whoa, they're going hard after Columa, was, okay, they're looking for someone else and they're trying to replace that Quincy position and they feel a need to add another forward. I view it as he's a top 50 kid. They were in on him early. They were in his shortlist early. You might as well continue to go after talent. And also they are, this is what you have to do now in college basketball right. recruiting. You have to establish relationships because there's a chance he comes back around. Look at the two guys we added from the transfer portal, except for Jimmy Bayheim this year. They're all based on relationships we had prior with them and recruiting
1: them initially. That was a huge factor. Well, and even with Jimmy Bayheim I mean, there's the relationship right. <laughs> aspect of it as well. But I think another thing, you're almost seeing that happen in this situation as well. Part of the reason I think Syracuse is in this quote-unquote final four, four and a half, if you want to throw in Western Kentucky, and his, his coach says it in this article with Mike McAllister too, but Syracuse is really the only program that was recruiting him pre-UNLV at a high extent. And... Now that puts them back in the pool once again. So we've seen sort of, it's not really the transfer portal since it was released from a letter of intent, but it's the same ideal. If you're in on these kids from the beginning and let's say that need arises once again, and it's kind of funny how the the timing of it all happened where Quincy is going to transfer slash stay in the NBA. So all of a sudden you think you might need an extra guy who can play the three or the four for you. And then he has a chance now with Kaluma, and him hitting the open market, I, I, its just all came down to timing, and you had that previous relationship with him. And it all helped out, and hopefully for Syracuse, it can all work out in the end.
0: Right. And I'll say this. I don't think he's going to pick Syracuse. Now, again, I I would I, lean I've said you this like too. five to- yeah. yeah, I've said this like five times. We don't know anything. I, I also wouldn't be re- shocked. Right. I wouldn't be shocked. And let's say he picks Arizona. That's the name I'm bringing up as the favorite in my eyes. If he picks Arizona tomorrow and I get that tweet notification, I'm bummed. But honestly, I'm just happy the staff seems like they're doing all the right things here and going after him. And if it works out, it works out. The bonus is if he doesn't pick Syracuse, they're after some really good forwards in the 2022 class, and you don't want to scare those guys off either. So it's kind of a win-win for me here. I'm not too caught up in this one as like, oh, that'd be a terrible
1: miss. I feel like it's just a bonus if we get him. Yes and no. I, I just my whole stance is you never want to say no to top 50 talent, right? Like oh, yeah. yeah that, that, right. that's part of the you, know, you never want to feel like okay, you start losing out on all these different guys when it, when you're bringing the program back from a recruiting standpoint. And we've seen the the certainly positive momentum on the recruiting trail with Benny, with Kamari Lands, all those guys You'd never want, you can never have enough of it, I feel like. And again, it's tougher and tougher in this day and age of the ability to transfer without the penalty of sitting out. But at the same time, if you can stockpile a healthy portion of talent and give yourself some depth and get guys to buy into what you're doing, and in the case of Syracuse, you let them sort of live their NBA lifestyle and it's not a lot of babysitters out there once you step on campus, that can be intriguing for a kid. Hey, quick break to tell you about the best tasting protein bar ever. It is Built Bar, and they just keep on rolling them out. There's new flavors seemingly every month with Built Bar, now they've got six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. You can't go wrong with 12 of their original flavors as well. They're covered in 100% chocolate, and they are soft and easy to chew. Plus, Built Bar is perfect for the health-conscious guy, and it's also... Excellent if you're trying to lose or maintain weight while also indulging in a great treat. They're low-calorie, high-fiber, and they're great even if you're on a keto diet as well. And right now, Bilt Bar is offering you this great deal. Use our promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 at BiltBar.com for 15% off your next order. All right, so getting into lacrosse now, shifting
0: gears. The selection show dropped 9 p.m. last night. Ty, did you see who the selection committee chair it, was? It, it <laughs> was a
1: man who is near and dear to this show's heart. Is a man named Tim Leonard. You know, I actually I have a funny story for you, a funny Tim Leonard story. So Please. I believe before <laughs> he might even still hold this position, but uh, Tim Leonard is the AD at Towson. Yeah, he still holds the position. Okay, so he's yeah. he still there. And one time, there was a fan of the show who wanted to message us something about some Syracuse, I think, football prospect. And he put me in a DM conversation with the the Tim Leonard AD at Towson. <laughs> and, and, and so, I, whenever I think of that, that's the reason why that other Tim Leonard has some notoriety in my life. He's he's still number two on my Tim Leonard power rankings. Don't worry though.
0: Although, right, he so, might be
1: number one now that he somehow snuck Syracuse into this lacrosse tournament. I gotta ask you, how many strings did you pull to get this team yeah. in? Because to me, listen, my I'm Mister Meatball when it comes to lacrosse. I defer all lacrosse knowledge on this show to you, and you know that. But just someone explained to me how a team that can go two and four in the conference finish last and go seven and five overall and make a field of 16 teams i, I that does not make sense to me and my my pea brain lacrosse knowledge so I, I get all my my lacrosse knowledge from like the lax power backup stick message board so just give me <laughs> g- explain this to me i don't get it so the acc is just straight up loaded like even better than you
0: are probably remembering from your time in school. Like. Notre Dame was a six seed, and that floored everyone. Tim Leonard honestly made some questionable decisions uh, throughout this whole process, but I did think he gave Syracuse a pretty favorable draw. Real quick on the Tim Leonard thing. So I'm watching the selection show, and I think it was Chris Cotter was hosting, Mm -hmm. and he goes, all right, now we bring in Tim Leonard.
1: I'm on the couch. Like, my heart dropped. (laughs) It was a very weird... Thought process because <laughs> it's like getting called on in class a little cold call when you're in the back sleeping in the back row
0: yeah I I had known that this guy exists like sometimes I type in my name on Google or YouTube I don't know if that's like weird but I've done it before maybe you put in your name for yeah looking just up sure you're something out of trouble yeah. Sure, and I'll see this guy pop up Towson AD, so I know he's a person. But I did not know he was the committee chair. And when they called on him, I was just like looking down at my phone, kind of just casually watching. And my heart dropped, and I was like, "Whoa! Like, am I on?" Like, yeah, you like, were waiting for it was a very weird to experience. Come out with
1: the with the camera crew to get punked. That's what you were waiting for, right there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, are they asking for my opinion? Okay, I'm ready to go. But you're going to be my actual opinion, tomorrow
1: morning. Take that, Goody. Yeah,
0: maybe. <laughs> um, no, that was that was really funny to hear that because it's not. I mean, I have a common name, first name. I have a common last name, but it's pretty weird to get both of them in order and hear your name called like that. Like it was kind of an out of body experience. So anyway, as far as the draw, I think so. Syracuse gets the 12 seed. Kind of, there's not actually a seed for it, but they're playing the 5 seed Georgetown, which. I guess you could argue the seeding is kind of out the window because they can't play Notre Dame or they probably wouldn't do that and you can't play Virginia because it's ACC. But anyway, they did not get a seed, which was a little bit surprising, and I thought there was a decent chance they would because of the Virginia wins. So that's kind of like, oh, they got a bad draw. But in reality, I felt like Georgetown was overrated. I don't see how Notre Dame is behind them in the seeding. And their second game, if they do win, is likely against Virginia – who's the only two ACC wins they've had this year, and they crushed him both times, one at Virginia, one in the Dome. So draw-wise, this is about as good as I think it can get for the men's
1: team. Yeah, the lax power backup stick message boards, there there were a lot of angry folks on there. They said if Cuse can get by Georgetown, then it sets up pretty well for them to, to continue to advance and advance. But um, I, I look at it as once you get into the NCAA tournament in, in these sort of formats, the matchups and stuff like that, obviously they're important, but it's all about draw and path and stuff like that. And in the case of Syracuse, you don't want to be looking too far ahead. You can't be looking at, oh, we're playing Virginia next because you still got to beat a Georgetown team that I believe went 9-1 yeah. in, in the Big East. and, and took. The, they were the automatic bid out of the, the Big East Conference. So that, that it's going to be a challenge for them. I don't know a whole heck of a lot about Georgetown. I'll defer all lacrosse knowledge to you. I'm just speaking out of my lacrosse meatball brain right now, but that—that's pretty much what I gathered from from what everyone's saying about the Syracuse team heading into the tournament.
0: Yeah, and it is kind of fun. It's Georgetown from a rivalry standpoint. Not is that, that a, that's is a big that a, deal?
1: A big lacrosse rivalry, too. I, I have no. I idea. don't think I, so. Because they the, haven't. The DMV big rival was, was Hopkins. Yeah, right. I don't think they
0: played since the Big East days. So I would, and Georgetown's usually just frankly not on the level of Syracuse. Now they come in this year as a better team on paper than Syracuse. Georgetown I think lacrosse it's feels even... like it's a
1: team that was probably brought in, like it, w- it was, like created like five years ago. I- I'm I'm looking this up now. Is this, are they a historic lacrosse program? Well, they, I have to look this up now. They've been pretty.
0: I mean, I know Syracuse played them in the 2004 quarters or some. Game in the tournament that right, was brought so up. I that, think that's all Brian you need Higgins. to know about my
1: lacrosse knowledge right there. But okay, so they yeah, were founded I mean, in get this double founded. You ready for this? They were founded according really? to Wikipedia, in, which never lies by the way, in yep. 1951 and then again in 1963. How about huh. that? How about that? So they've been around a while. Yeah, I don't think they've ever been to the level of Syracuse
0: though. Now, I, I don't know a ton about them, I haven't watched them at all this year, but reading some of the notes and some people tweeting about the matchup. It seems like they're a defensive oriented team, which I think is good for Syracuse from just a like 180 degree view because their whole weakness right now is their defense. Their offense has really been fine even without losing or even with losing Chase Scanlon. They had Owen Hilt score seven goals last game. It's just their defense is terrible and they've struggled at the faceoffs a little bit, but that's gotten better recently. So I think it matches up pretty well. I viewed Georgetown as kind of overrated. I know they won the Big East Championship. They beat Denver. They're a good team. but I know Denver's good. I, I know that much. Denver's usually good, yeah. So I think they're the seventh seed in the tournament this year. What I,
1: what I don't understand is why they play in the Big East, but that, that's a whole other thing. I, I had to sure. look up the, 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 stand, or the Big East standings to, to see. I was like, wait, isn't Denver in the Big East? I, I could have sworn they were, and then I saw, yeah, so... No, I, I don't understand the alignment of of the college lacrosse landscape, but uh, I don't understand a lot of things about the sport.
0: Yeah. Well, anyway, they're playing 730 on Saturday. It's on ESPNU against Georgetown. And then the Syracuse women's lacrosse team, shout out to them, they're the three seed in the tournament. So they are one of the teams that gets, one of the three teams that gets a bye in the first round. I think they will play Loyola, Marymount, or Hofstra, whoever wins that game to advance to play them. So... We'll continue to kind of keep you guys updated on lacrosse as it goes into the postseason here. Syracuse women's lacrosse has been They're legit good. really good mm-hmm. all year. I yeah. mean, I'll and never forget the,
1: them just dunking on Maryland last year before the sure. pandemic shunt. Di- like, that—that that is why I i, I liked watching the, the women's team more than the men's team is because of what they did. Dunking on Maryland when they were afraid to drive through a little bit of snow that I don't think ever ended up coming. And Syracuse just right. Said, all right, fine. We'll hold our senior day on your field, and then they go out, and then they crush Maryland, who was ranked in the, like, the top three at the time, I believe. Um, but yeah, no, that, that that's why I, I've always had a, more of an affinity with the women's team than the men's team. And before we get out of here, another quick
0: shout-out. This came out Friday, of course, right after we recorded our podcast, but Eric Dungy is going to the Bengals training camp. I think it's training camp. One one camp. It's it's like the
1: rookie mini camp. There's a thousand of these things. I can't keep up. There's OTAs, there's rookie camps, there's training camps. But he's heading to the Bengals rookie camp. And I thought Dungy was done from an NFL standpoint. I thought he was, I thought we had seen his last invite to camp. But to see him get another one now, really refreshing. And hopefully this is the one that sticks for him. You know how big of an Eric Dungy fan I am. There's no oh, Syracuse yeah. athlete that I adored more during my time at the university than Eric Dungey, and I right. really hope this is the one that works out. And, and I saw a lot of really good Syracuse athletes, basketball, football, lacrosse. Didn't know really what the lacrosse guys were doing, but I, I thought they were pretty good at what they were doing. But I really hope this works out for him, and I think this could be a nice little spot too.
0: Yeah, watch your back, Joe Burrow. That's yeah. what I have
1: to. I, is he is he definitely still
0: quarterback? Do we know? Well, that know? was
1: that was the the big thing is because I believe with the Giants when he was with the Giants he was a tight end, but then he went to the Browns for a little bit, yeah, and he was a quarterback. So I believe it's still kind of TBD, and maybe once he gets to the camp, we'll see more. I'd imagine he wants to to do the quarterback thing. I think right. that's the. That's probably the better sticking point because again, it, I know he's got the size and all that, but going from quarterback to tight end seems like kind of a lofty challenge. I know you see a quarterback go to receiver or a quarterback, like in the case of Darnold. Well, Robinson. Tim Tebow's doing it. Keep in mind, well, I mean, he's on his way. Is he? <laughs> is he though? Like we'll we'll see. I, I'm kidding. Um, yeah. yeah, obviously. I, I, I know that. That's one of the. I think there's a something on like Bet Online about Tim Tebow suiting up for the Jaguars and all that. But regardless. I, I'd i love to see Dungey work out at the quarterback position. I think that, again, it, it, it'd be tough for him, I think, to really stick because you don't want some journeyman who hasn't actually played in an NFL game and hasn't made an NFL roster before. That's usually not the guy you bring in as your backup quarterback unless you're you're drafting them. Um, but he's played in a lot of these little gimmick pop-up leagues. He was supposed to play in the spring league, but now he's... Go into to Bengals camp instead. So it worked out for him. Hopefully this is the stop that works for him.
0: Yeah. Well that's gonna do it for the Monday show. Best of luck to Eric Dungey. Props to him. Uh, thanks to everyone that's listening out there. Feel free to follow the show on Twitter if you haven't already. At L O underscore Syracuse is our Twitter username. And we'll be back. We're here with you guys every single weekday, keeping you updated on the Syracuse news. Who knows what we'll be talking about tomorrow? But maybe it's Arthur Kaluma news. Seems like that decision has a pretty quick timetable and turnaround. Maybe it's Frank Anselm news. Maybe we'll finally get something on that. Whatever it is, we are here to keep you guys updated on Syracuse sports. So subscribe or follow the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.